0: Today we're going to talk about the common moniker used by so many self-employed people, solopreneur. And while it has a nice ring to it, solopreneur is a bit misleading. And the downside of this terminology can mean burnout and lack of faith in oneself as a business owner. So today we'll talk about why it's worth rethinking how we refer to ourselves and our work. And we have some specific recommendations for getting out of the solopreneur funk, if you're in one, and of course, words of encouragement as well.
1: So here's the thing. There's no such thing as fully running a business alone. Yes, you might be a freelancer, in which case your business model is fairly simple. You know, people hire you for a service, you bill for that service, and Bob's your uncle. You may even handle all of the working pieces on your own, like bookkeeping, marketing, and social media. But you're likely in some Facebook business groups where the members help you answer questions about improving systems or dealing with difficult clients, et cetera, because no one hatches out of an egg ready to handle every single piece of running a business, nor should you. This isn't something that we have all of the resources and all of the knowledge to do. If you're not a freelancer, but rather a small business owner who outsources even the simple elements of day-to-day operations, you're definitely not a solopreneur. But we have a tendency, especially women, to diminish the full breadth of what we do, of what we manage in our professional lives. And when the going gets tough, it's easy to blame ourselves for not doing enough or being enough, especially when we've been living with this identity of, Solopreneur for some time. The title of solopreneur might sound kind of sexy in the beginning, but businesses like children take a village to raise. Oh, that's so
0: true, Heather. And um, I think when we uh, are on this topic, um, it's very useful to think about all the ways that we have gotten some support from people in the past, whether it's people we have met uh, during some networking event or a conference we have gone to, or if it's other local businesses in our area, if it's people in our co-working space, or if it's some kind of online uh, group that we go to. So I've been running a mastermind group this um, past uh, three months. And we just finished and had a recap on what we got out of that. And I think it's so amazing to hear what people say when they're finished. Because as we go into a program like a mastermind, we often don't really know what we're going to get out of it. We just have an idea that we need this community and the connections and we need support. But what people really said was, for example, I am where I need to be right now. And I found that amazing because that's a statement that doesn't tell anything about what the person has actually done, what actions they've done, but it's more a mental state. So they feel in control and they feel that they have made the right decisions and they're at the place where they want to be or where they need to be. And they also express that they feel more secure in a way. Um, We have had the COVID-19 lockdown during the mastermind and I can tell you that having the mastermind group, also for us that uh, we're running it, was a great support network. So it's always someone there where you can come and have a safe space and ask your questions. You can be vulnerable, but you can also celebrate your successes. And sometimes you get really cool ideas from other people because if you're too close to your own business, you don't see everything that you could be doing, Uh, but other people have an easier time seeing opportunities for you. So one entrepreneur was photographed over 12 pages in a really cool magazine, and that's something that she might not even have thought of reaching out to get if she didn't have colleagues in the mastermind group. So I think the power of being in a group will make you a little less of a fried egg and uh, help you see your business from the outside. Uh, And don't even try to do it all alone, because the most important thing is that you're in charge of your business and the decisions you make. It's not a point in its own to do everything alone. It will just make you burn out, as you said, Heather.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And I I really don't want to be a fried egg. (laughs) And I, I I have been there. I'm I have absolutely like been absolutely in there. Yeah, it's not fun. Like I am completely guilty of thinking of myself as a solopreneur, and let me tell you, those were some really lonely times. I remember back when I lived in Peru, and you know I was in like year three of running my business, being on the floor on my yoga mat in like pain, like physical pain, my back was all knotted up. And I was talking to one of my, like my, my only sort of business friend that I had at the time, I was talking to her on Skype from laying on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, everything hurts. I'm so stressed, because I, I was taking everything on myself. And the problem was that I just didn't see myself in the context of the larger digital ecosystem that I existed in. You know, I didn't, feel connected yet to people who cared about me or my business, even though I technically had some people online that, you know, were other business owners and that knew my business. And the reality is that these days we have so much knowledge capital at our fingertips. And, you know, that's so true that even someone like me who now I live outside in the complete boonies of Sweden. I mean, I, I live very far away from quote unquote civilization. But I have a handful of trusted business friends and co-conspirators that I call up when I need, you know, a second set of eyes on things, or I need some help brainstorming, or I need a recommendation for a Facebook ads person or whatever. So I might be really physically isolated, which is great in the time of COVID because I'm supposed to be, but I'm not um, sort of mentally and emotionally isolated in my business. Now, when I made that mental switch over to realizing and really, truly accepting that I was an entrepreneur that had a whole virtual support network, everything became so much easier for me. It may sound like a small thing, but it's a really big mindset shift, and it made me realize the importance of just fostering even two or three strong relationships of what I like to think of as sort of business kindred spirits. And then the feeling of community grew from there because resonant introductions were made, virtual coffee dates happened, and so on and so forth. So for anybody who's feeling that sort of isolation right now or really feeling stuck in the solopreneur stage, um, I don't want you to feel like it's this impossible thing that like, oh, but where's my virtual community of support? It it's not like you know, it's not something that just pops out overnight. It just requires the fostering of two or three good quality relationships of kindred business spirits and things will start to grow from there.
0: I couldn't agree more, Heather, because this is actually one of the most important things when we run a business. So even if we run a business alone, we shouldn't be alone about you know running the business because it's so many other people that have been where we are and that can give us good advice and be the support network we need. And this is actually a big part of why I started my business in the first place. I was working as head of business in a local municipality and people came with these really cool business ideas and I tried to help them out as much as I could and they made progress and then a lot of people suddenly just quit showing up at my office at one point and I was wondering where did they go? They just literally disappeared. And then when I uh, called them up, they were like, well, um, I felt that I got so much negative feedback from friends or family or neighbors. And I just felt it was so much work to make this happen. I didn't know where to find the technology or the money. Uh, I don't know anyone else running a business like this. And I was like, oh, but (laughs) their friend or like, you know, Dear entrepreneur, this is how it feels in the beginning. It's so far between your vision and the reality you're in, and you need to bridge that gap. And that's where the support network really comes in, because people that have been through this, they know how that feels, and they can help you get the resources you need. And so these days, I also run a co-working space, and research on co-working spaces shows that getting access to these kinds of resources for example connections network and everything you need to uh, start and grow a business is so much easier accessible in the co-working space it's not just the productivity boost you get by going into a co-working space but it's that the other people that you hang out with on a daily or weekly basis, they start to get to know you and your business and you can ask them for what you need or they will actually see it. So it's something special about being with people um, that you know, because they will see if you had a sales call that went wrong or if you have a bad day or if something happened and you need a shoulder to cry on, they will discover it. And if you're struggling with something, they will help you out and if you need something like um, uh, if you need advice on how to handle a client or if you need more business they will help you out and this is the kind of things that's also kind of difficult to spell out on paper but I see it happening every day and the businesses that are in my co-working space and in other co-working spaces they have a more sustainable uh, growth because they get this support. But it's maybe difficult to put your finger on it and say, well, I need this or that. But when you're um, having the experience and when, when you're in the coworking space, then you see it happening. So,
1: yeah. I think we all
0: need a hug these days, though. <laughs> and
1: we can't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think we all need a hug. And, you know, listening to a tutorial, the introvert in me and the like kind of weirdo in me is like, oh, yeah, but if I went to a co-working space, like what if I didn't jive with everyone? What if they were all like, you know, venture capital, blah, 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 <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? And so I just wanted to add in that um, <laughs> something someone said to me years ago is, is, why don't you try the sweater on for size before you worry that it'll shrink in the wash? And I think that that's really true in this case. You might go or start going to a co-working space when the world starts opening up again, when we are allowed to do those kinds of things again, or you might join a group, even a virtual group and have some reservations like, oh, but what if they're not my people? That's okay. You know, even if one of those people is your people, that's one more that you have that's on your side, that's in your network, that wants to help, that maybe you can help you know, like, you don't, it doesn't have to be the perfect match 100%. We're just looking for people to be around that cross pollination, you know, like showing up in a group and making one or two connections, going to a co-working space and finding two other business owners out of the five that really resonate with you. That's, that's amazing. That's a yeah. win. And that's yeah. totally worth it. Right. And everybody
0: doesn't need to be everything to you. So you can um, have this exchange of ideas with someone and then another person can help you with maybe some personal stuff you're going through that you think is very difficult, more like a, a friend that you have. Or you can have someone you talk really well with when it comes to difficult clients and then just the enthusiastic guy that chairs you up in the morning. So (laughs) you don't have to think that uh, it needs to be perfect in any way. And as you said, it's so much um, more value in finding one business bestie or just one person that will help light you up when you need it. Um, or that you can trust and you can go to with more
1: difficult problems. That's all you need, really. Yep, absolutely. So we want to leave you, of course, with some recommendations, because we can obviously talk about this till we're blue in the face. But what are some real action items that you can take? The first thing I want to challenge you to do is play with other titles. So if you've been calling yourself a solopreneur for a long time, or even a short time, What else could you call yourself? If you're not a solopreneur, what are you? Are you the founder of your company? Are you the owner of your business? Are you just an entrepreneur? I call myself an entrepreneur. I call myself an entrepreneur of my consulting business or an entrepreneur in that context, and I call myself the founder of my polar expedition company. So I have two different hats because I have a different relationship to each of those companies. Maybe you want to call yourself the boss dog. That's cool too. Um, Whatever you want to do, but play around with other things that you can call yourself that feel inclusive, that feel empowering, that feel like they sit well given uh, your relationship with your business, even if the business is just you.
0: Yeah, and you can actually figure something out yourself if none of these hats fits. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was calling myself an entrepreneurship trainer, uh, which maybe doesn't make that much sense. But I didn't want to call myself coach or
1: strategist, so I just made something up. <laughs> yeah, make 'em up's are great too, <laughs> for sure. So, and the other thing which we kind of touched on already. I want to get really specific about and that is to pick two people I want you to do this actually take action on this pick two people in your business ecosystem that you want to strengthen ties with so what that means is write down their names set up a virtual coffee date to talk about business and life and make sure that you ask them if there's anything you can do to help them And the reason why I say this is because one of my business rules is to always lead with generosity. So when we're trying to make those connections and strengthen our ties with people who we really like, who we want to, you know, learn more from, talk more with, what's the best thing you can do? Lead with generosity. Say, what can I do for you? Is there anything I can do? Is there a program that you want me to help promote? Whatever. Because that is so valuable in this day and age. People really appreciate when you extend that. Kind of olive branch, sincerely, and also the best way to get help in the long run is to be of service first.
0: And Heather, if people are wondering, how on earth do I run a virtual coffee date? How do I like <laughs> reach yeah. out to people? Uh, what do we talk about first? You know, how what long I do. Will it be?
1: For sure. What I do is I just, I, I contact the person however I'm already connected to them. So if we're Facebook friends, I send them a Facebook message. If we're friends on LinkedIn or connected on LinkedIn, I send them a LinkedIn message. If I know them better than that, but we've never actually spent some like out of office hours time, I might send them a WhatsApp. And I just say, hey, I love what you're doing. You know, we've known each other. Like some people, I've known them for almost a decade, Toril. Like seriously. And I'll say to them, do you realize that we've known each other for a decade online? We've never met in person. We've never just, we've never just like shot the breeze, you know? So like, do you want to spend 30 minutes just like catching up? And I've never had anyone say no. They're like, that would be amazing. And then you just shoot them a Zoom link or you can do a, a video chat on Facebook Messenger. You can do a video chat on WhatsApp. Just whatever is the... Um, you know, the easiest line from A to B, but it's really just about being a human and saying, hey, do you want to just want to spend 30 minutes like catching up and talking about business? I'd love to get to know you better. And when it's coming from a place of sincerity, I mean, we crave connection, right? We're really missing that. We do feel a lot of us, especially now with COVID, we're feeling more isolated. And so that opportunity to connect with someone uh, further is, I think, very welcomed at this time.
0: Yes, Thank you for uh, just laying that out there because I think many people would wonder, how do I do it? <laughs> yeah,
1: it doesn't need to be complicated. That's the most important thing. Just yeah. fire a message, send them a Zoom link, and there you go.
0: And when we have the opportunity to get together again, it's very—it's a very good idea to at least attend one live event a year or uh, maybe one each uh, six months so that you get out of your house if you have a home office and you can meet people also outside of your normal day-to-day routine. I do love co-working spaces, but I think it's really important to have a network of like-minded people that belongs to community outside of the people you see every day, just because it's great to get some other ideas and meet new people once in a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Toral, your event, Slow Business Adventure, which happened last fall, was absolutely amazing. September, it was early fall. It was such a fantastic event. And I'm so bummed that it doesn't look like it'll be happening this year. But as soon as it's happening again, I will be there. Because let me tell you, as you know, Toril, I'm a huge introvert. I don't like going to in-person things. But that was such a wonderful introvert-friendly event. It was up in the mountains of Norway. There were so many interesting and like-minded people because it was full of people who weren't about exchanging business cards and talking about themselves all the time. And sort of that more like (laughs) high-powered vibe that we expect from, you know, quote-unquote conferences. There was none of that. It was really just smart, interesting business owners who were there to learn and there to have conversations with each other. And I walked away from that event with some of the most valuable business connections and relationships that I've ever built in 10 years in business. And the difference that it's made in my business in the last six months is truly exceptional. So I would really encourage people to listen to what Torrell said, go to a live plan to attend a live event at least once a year, once the world is a little bit more back to normal Every six months, if you can, and if you're looking online for business events, live events that don't jive with you, and you're just not, you're not finding anything, ask other people. Say, hey, what yeah. would you recommend that I attend? Like, have you been to something that's really cool that's not kind of like a douchey dude bro marketing thing? Because I'm I'm looking for a more authentic experience, and then make the effort to go because it's uh the, those those in person relationship building opportunities they're absolute gold.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. We need to we organize it again now. <laughs> no, honestly, I wouldn't give that up for the world because I really loved it. And I think it's, uh, even if you, uh, you attend a smaller event, it doesn't need to be a big one. It can be a very small one, but look for an event where you meet some like-minded people so that you feel relaxed and you feel at home. That's very important so that you can get those deeper conversations going. It's no use in just hanging up with people that you wouldn't like to spend time with outside of that event so try to find some place that feels more like home to you
1: amen sister
0: (laughs) so if you enjoyed this episode please help us to get the word out and share it uh, like it subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app and you can find the show notes and some more episodes over at Resilient Business FM. So until next time, please stay safe and continue to do great things.
1: Bye! this pop-up podcast to help entrepreneurs
0: and business owners build resilience. We'll be sharing concrete advice to get through the very real challenges around COVID-19. And we'll also be facilitating space to come together as a wider community so that we can support and encourage one another. Your hosts today are Heather Thorkelsen and me, Toril Wilhelmsen.
1: This episode of the Resilient Business Podcast is brought to you by Remarkable Communication, where our co-host Sonia Simone blogs about business and teaches people how to write incredible copy among many other things. So let's jump into it. And today we're going to talk about the common moniker
0: used by so many self-employed people, Solopreneur. And while it has a nice ring to it, Solopreneur we think is a bit smith- is a bit misleading. <laughs> Sorry,
1: (laughs) from the top. (laughs) Okay. What was that?